All right, our guest is ready. Our first guest, Max Munty from the LA Dodgers, joining us. I want to see his face too. And yeah, looking healthy. Hey, Max, how you doing, man? I know you've been fighting it for a bit. It's just nobody would know unless they read an article because you were just smashing homers left and right. How you feeling? Uh, we're still we're still getting there. I'm still still coughing on the regular, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a grind for about three weeks now. Playing through it. Do, do you take therapy? Tamiflu? What do you, I mean, a little Pedialyte? What do you, Gatorade? What's what's the? Uh, there's, there's not there's the not doctor? much there's not much in the medical world. I don't think I have taken at this point. <laughs> okay. Trying it all. Okay. Whatever keeps you get you out there and keep hitting homers. Hell yeah! Listen, try anything. I, we're we're trying. I do you want to? I want to continue something we were just covering. So, <laughs> and and it, you can plead. I don't know, or I don't want to talk about it, but. Do you have to pay taxes on your World Series ring? Have you ever heard that? Kratz is saying hell yes. AJ's saying hell no. I don't know if I know the answer, but I have heard that you pay tax on it, and it's usually just a payroll deduction. Thank you, Max. There you go. What, do, what, okay, so they take it out of your next year's payroll? You just didn't realize the it. The season's <laughs> over, or they take uh, it out of your share. I think it comes out of your share, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you didn't even realize probably it. didn't even look at it because no. probably didn't even care at that point. You're like, I got a ring. I got this big fat check. Well, yeah, it's it kind of sneaky because I don't know that anyone ever really fully knows what the actual share is. I mean, they, they tell you they have like a guess of what it's going to be based on, you know, the, the ticket sales and everything. But I don't think anyone ever actually knows how much your playoff share is. So they kind of just, oh, yeah, we took some out and you don't really ever know. <laughs> That's a good point <laughs> because they don't. It's not like they, get, they go to the team and say, OK, you guys. This here's you guys have a share of twenty million dollars to break up between how many ever shares. You want to be in an intense meeting, you go to the share meeting mm-hmm. because that's when people you <laughs> want to see people's true colors in a baseball team. You find out who likes who and who doesn't like who. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, man. They, yeah, that's uh, you yeah, guys have had to do a ton of them, Max. Yeah, it's always uh, it, it's always an interesting time. You uh, you find out who's who's done who wrong in the organization at that time. Uh, someone's always got a story that you never know happened. So it's, uh, yeah, it's always interesting. So what, so what's the most contentious meeting that you've been in? Not naming names. I don't want you to, because you're probably still your teammates, but what's the most contentious meeting and how much were they arguing between? Cause that's what's silly to me about those meetings. It's like, no, no, we shouldn't give that guy a quarter share. We should give him, you know, we should give him an eighth of a share. Like you made no. 10 million. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not sure if I'm going to get into what the most trying ones were, but we're we we keep it pretty simple. We don't usually get into like uh, you know the eighth of a shares. We usually keep it you know full half or you know cash bonus that type of thing. We we usually we we try to keep it pretty simple. Okay, so are you, are you in a suite there? Is that a suite? You got a lot of windows there. <laughs> no, I just got uh, no. I'm lucky with the corner room right now. But it's bright in the morning. Do you like the corner room, or would you rather not have a corner room? Honestly, it doesn't doesn't matter to me. You, cl- you close the blinds; you don't notice any light. Uh, I got them all open right now, so I didn't get yelled at to turn lights on for this for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. The shot set up perfectly. Hey, Max, contentious over the weekend. Tell me about. I know you talked about it a little bit post game, but now that we have a little more time on a show like this the ejection and what you were noticing, like were catchers having more combos than usual with umps about getting calls. So to, to start with, I don't think the catchers did anything wrong. They're doing their job. 
Uh, I just want to throw that out there before someone calls me out on that. I, th- I thought the catchers were doing their job, but at the same time, it was one of those things where, I mean, you guys both caught. If you sit there and tell an umpire that that's a terrible call and you missed it, are you expecting to get the next call? No. It, exactly. And that's one. I mean, how many times have you heard it as a hitter? If you complain about the call, well, you better swing at the next one, anything close, because they're going to they're going to ring you up on it. And it's one of those things where it was almost the opposite this weekend. It was like the more you complained, the bigger zone you got um, as, as the catcher. And so it was just like it was just something that, you know, we had all had enough of. And, I you know, I said it. I said what needed to be said. And then I took it too far by pointing at the third base umpire with my bat. Um because I was just kind of saying that all of you guys are getting tricked into this right now. And then he took it as I was referring to the night before um, where there may or may not have been questionable calls. I obviously have to be careful about how I, how I phrase this so I don't get in trouble, but he took it as I was talking about the night before. And, and re- like in a way I kind of was by saying you were getting tricked into calls, but I really wasn't even referencing the calls the night before. It's just, he, he was on edge and ready to go. And I, I gave him a, I gave him a reason to do it. So are we ready to get automated strike zone? Are we ready for are we ready for that? Or would you rather still have this like kind of banter where it's like you you took the two pitches, the one was a ball, you took a heater that was painted at the bottom, and you said, Okay, you you knew you even said in your post game, all right, I know that's a 50-50 call. And then they threw a curveball or maybe a little slider that hit the bottom of the zone, almost exact spot, <laughs> and then he called it a strike. And your your argument was Hey, whatever you're going to call, just be consistent with it. So, do you think the automated strike zone is going to be consistent enough? That I I, I don't know. Um, I, I've always been in favor of the umpires. I always and as frustrating as I can get sometimes, I feel like that's just like the the beautiful nature of the game is you know you have those interactions where the batter's talking to the umpire, the catcher's talking to the umpire. You're both trying to fight. You know, you have the the pitcher out there trying to fight for calls. It's I always, I've always felt like that's a beautiful part of the game that kind of goes unnoticed by a lot of fans is that there are ways you can win balls and strikes just, you know, by having certain interactions. And, um, you know, and, and like you said, that was one of those things where I took the pitch, he called it a ball. I said, okay, he's not going, he's not calling that pitch. So I don't need to swing at it. He did, uh, in my previous at bat, he had called that same pitch a ball once or twice, I believe, like the exact same um, height wise. And so I knew he wasn't going to call it. And then, you know, there's a lot of complaining going on and all of a sudden he calls the next pitch, even though it's in the exact same spot. And so it was kind of one of those things where it was like, hey, if it's a strike, it's a strike. If it's a ball, it's a ball. I just need to know which way you're going to call it. And you'd called it a ball three times already. So to me, it was a ball. And that's that's what set me off was you're calling it a ball. So it's a ball. Whether or not it's actually in the strike zone, it was in his strike zone. You know, that, that's one of those things where the umpire establishes his strike zone. So you, you know where that's at after several pitches and he'd already called it a ball two or three times. So what did the catcher say? Because I want to know what, like, what was it? Cause as a catcher, I used to say, come on now we need that pitch or uh, that's a strike. We need, you know, whatever. And then as a hitter, you're completely flipping. Like, and you hit well, the there was, well, I called, didn't call that when you were catching. <laughs> there was definitely a, you missed that one. Um, uh, I think there was a, that's terrible. Um, I'm trying to remember back at it. It's, you know, I've tried to forget yesterday. So, um, but there was definitely a, you missed that one, which 
you know, uh, uh, you missed that one and you're terrible. To me, those were always the two magic words that you can't say that. Um, but apparently times have changed. So I, I don't know. You. It was always you. You yeah. was the magic word. Because I've heard arguments, can I call you this? And they say yes, and you call them out, and then, so it's <laughs> well, you, you, Max Muncy, you're a bad person. You're gone. I don't know. Right you on. should be giving the the advice to Max on how to stay in a game. Just don't say you. <laughs> that's the word. Well, you. That, that, yeah. That's the thing. There's there's certain, there's certain magic words that you just can't say. You can toe the line, but if you don't say those words, then you're usually good. And that was the thing. I I knew where the line was, and I I towed it, but I didn't cross it. And then I crossed it when I pointed at the third base umpire. And so that's where it was stupid of me to do that. It was dumb. I shouldn't have done it. I said what needed to be said to the home plate umpire, but then I just took it too far. Yeah, nobody points their bat at Paul Emmel. Okay, let's, let's just let's just. There's a line. Okay, nobody points their bat at Paul Emmel and tells him he sucks. I have a catcher question. Did. AJ, did you talk umps into calls, or did you feel like you did? Oh, yeah, you butter them up. Buttered them up. Really? Oh, 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 all the time. You <laughs> try you it do? all the time. It was different because there wasn't – you have to also understand, there wasn't, like – The grading? Yeah, it was just free-for-all. So you get the umps, and they'd, they'd say things you – there were days you come back in the dugout and you say, listen, boys, he's calling everything. So just swinging <laughs> every pitch. And they're like, okay. And the games would go – I mean – Pretty yeah. quick because they were calling strikes, and but there wasn't the grading system, so you could get away with a lot. So you more. feel like there's more accountability now, uh, way more, way more. Way okay, more. plus guys have better eyes now, like Max. They don't swing at balls, right? Max but it, again, you know, that's that's one of those things to me where, like, like I was saying earlier, like it it can get frustrating, but that's part of the game that you know I just feel like you're going to lose when you go to robot, robot umps. There's no winning over the. The, the umpire, you know, I mean, there's times when there's a pitcher out there that keeps complaining about a ball or a strike and you kind of look at the umpire and, you know, you just you just drop a Hey, you're going to let him talk to you like that. And you get him riled up. And all of a sudden now now I've got a couple more calls coming my way. You know, there's there's just there's there's ways to, to do it. And it's part of the game. And to me, it's part of the fun, even though sometimes it can get pretty frustrating. But, you know, that's just one of those things where you go to a robot umpire, you you, you lose that all of a sudden. You feel like the umpires have it under control, the whole sticky stuff? Or is this something that you're afraid you could lose one of your pitchers or you could, you know, get, get, you know, a a guy you're facing has sticky stuff and the umpires don't have it under control. I think it's one of those things that's almost impossible to control. Um, Because they, you know, they, they said no more sticky stuff, but you're allowed to use the rosin. And if you use sunscreen with rosin, that's almost as sticky as, you know, some of the stuff guys were using a couple of years ago. Uh, it, you know, if you just use sweat and rosin, it can be just as sticky. And so now they've had to come out with these memos that's, that say, you know, well, technically rosin isn't necessarily a legal substance if it's used too much. And so it's like, there's such a line that they, you know, I think it just depends on the umpire. And I think as a pitcher, you have to know, Hey, this is the guy doing the checks today. I need to make sure I'm careful with, with how much rosin I'm using or, you know, and it, 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 it's just, I don't know that it's ever going to go out of the game and I'm fine with that. Cause I'd rather a pitcher have control. But when a pitcher is using it to throw, you know, wiffle balls, then that's a different story to me. My thing is, Ken Rosenthal was on with us Friday and he goes, for a league that quantifies everything, how come we're not trying to quantify this a little bit more and just relying on human beings? Like you said, it's like having an ump scouting report. Hey, this guy's going to check us more. Hey, this guy's going to give us the whole wash hands, um, you know, one warning, go wash him. If you come back, it's okay. That to me... 
I feel like for everything in this league, we can we can put hard math and science to it, and that's what the league wants. And then for this, we're not. That that's what's confusing to me. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, there's just no there's no standard for it, and it also depends on where you're at, right? If you're in LA, the weather's different. the The rosin's going to act a little different than if you're you know we're in a, we're in Atlanta now, for example. There's a lot more humidity, a lot more sweat. That rosin is going to act completely different than it does in LA. So there's not there's there's no real way to kind of set a baseline for it. Max, you just recently had a baby less than a month ago, right? Month ago, around a month ago. Yeah. Then you get the flu, but you're just grinding through it. What's worse? Also, no, no sleep with the baby or no sleep with the flu. Say congratulations. Uh, congratulations, Max. I forgot. Congrats, we haven't had you, yeah, yeah. We haven't had you since. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, the, the no sleep with the flu is way worse because you feel like you're going to sleep and then you have a coughing fit and you wake yourself up and then your throat's hurting and then it, it, it's just a whole sort of mess. Whereas, you know, with the baby, if you wake up, it's, you know, you got a you got a, a, a beautiful son sitting there and you just want some attention. So the, the no sleep with the flu is way worse. <clears throat> so could you, miss a, could you miss a start? Like, was the flu ever bad enough where you're like, I, I just can't go? I just can't. Um, I mean, the the first couple of days that we were in San Diego was about as bad as it's been. But I, you know, I'm, I wasn't going to miss those games. Um, <clears throat> I haven't pulled myself from any game, uh, but Doc did give me a day off in uh, Milwaukee, um, and it was just one of those things where he felt like I was grinding a little too much with it, and so he wanted me to get. And we had an off day the next day, so he wanted me to get just a couple of days of rest and try to get over it. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So. But, you know, it was, it was nice to have a couple of days off. <clears throat> Did teammates try to avoid you hardcore? So, and we talked about this week, like Pete Alonzo was sick and he said that he couldn't sleep in the same bed as his wife. But then we were just talking before. What about his teammates? How do you deal with that when you're in a clubhouse and you're traveling together? Uh, well, yeah, that's one of those things where you try to isolate yourself. Um, you know, you start, you start hacking up and, uh, uh, everyone just, uh, you know, avoids you like, uh, like a stink bomb. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a good <laughs> feeling, but you understand what's going on. By the way, Max, just to clarify, Scott is the guy on this show that has said he would miss games to be sick. That Scott's is and not I, true. Scott's and I said, that no, is Scott true. is the guy, he's that guy that said, oh, if I have a little sniffle, I'm going to skip. You know, fine. I'll, skip. I'll take the hit. You know why? Because I'm not even close to anything that you guys have done in life. So yes, I'll, I'll take the hit completely. And if I didn't have a voice, I wouldn't do this show because it would be boring. Okay. Well, the, Max, the problem first, is, the problem is over here that if you take a day off, Freddie's in your ear about, hey, we play every day around here. Why aren't you playing? Um, so you, you can't really take a day off over here. I was just going to ask you about Freddie. He just hit his 300th home run. Did you get him anything? Did the team do anything for him? And has he stopped smiling yet since he hit that home run? I don't think he's stopped smiling since he's been over here. Um, you know, that's just kind of the, that's kind of the way he is. Uh, the, the 300th home run was really cool because leading up to it, he'd probably hit about seven or eight balls, all about 105 or harder that hit the top of the wall. Um, and so, you know, all of us, we kept thinking that, oh, this, this guy's going to save it until he's in Atlanta to hit this 300th home run. But, uh, uh, no, he was just waiting for an opportunity to hit a grand slam to make it even more special. So, um, yeah, we, we, we had a little champagne toast after the game. We had a bunch of, uh, Dom Perignon for him. Have you ever seen a home run where the pitcher and the shortstop both point up that it's, those that are, it's, uh, and it was like four seats deep. 
those are my favorite. We we try to keep track of those. That's uh you know whenever we're watching the scouting report on the pitcher, we we always like to to notice if he's a guy that points up uh, when the ball goes in the air or not. <laughs> yeah, those are the best. Edwin Diaz does that all the time for the Mets. He always is like, well, I'm, 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 I'm glad you said that because that, that was definitely a guy that we that I could think of off the top of my head that always points up in the air. <laughs> yeah, so he points to homers. Up and just, just every ball that goes up, whether it's a rocket yeah. like Freddy's or not. Yeah, those <laughs> so are always. They do... Go ahead. I was gonna say those are always those are always a good feeling when you you know you rewatch the swing and you get you get the pitcher pointing up, thinking it's just a routine you know pop up, and then it's ten rows deep. It's always a good one. <laughs> that or when the pitcher throws it, and as soon as they throw it and you hit it, they just drop their head. <laughs> but they're. they're just... <laughs> Like well, that's that's Judge. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. There was one like a week ago. What was it? Last weekend, where I what was it the Rays, and he thought he gave it up, and the Rays won Adam. that game. Yeah. It was Jason Adam, yeah, yeah. and he's like, he just sees contact off Judge's back. He's like, that shit's gonna carry. Oh, oh okay. No, oh, did like, you see oh, the? Uh, did you see the one with uh, Gallo the other day? I think it was against the Cubs, maybe. As soon as the guy throws it, he hits it, and the pitcher is staring up at the uh, sky, just screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might you might have, to, you might have to find the film of that one it's really good we'll have to look for that one we're on it do you think the braves do something for freddie tonight you know i know he had the big emotional thing they're gonna they're gonna like present him a key to the city since he hit his 300th homer and you know um, it's all freddie all the time love in atlanta yeah i don't know i think uh i think there's a chance they could do something for the 300th home run but um you know i think last year they kind of got it got it all out and um yeah, I think Freddie's kind of hoping that maybe they don't do anything for him this year. It's uh, uh, one of those things where you know I think we've 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 moved on, and I think Freddie's uh, in a good spot now, and so I think he's probably hoping they don't do anything. So if Chipper is at the ballpark, which he was this weekend, will Freddie spend more time talking to Chipper or talking to Dodger teammates? Because does he still wear the Chipper Jones shirt under his uniform? Because he used to wear a Chipper Jones shirt every day under his uniform, same shirt for years, old battle axe. And had like battle axes. That's same exact shirt. Like the no, same exact no shirt. Copies. Same shirt. So no, he. he uh, time with Chipper or Dodgers? No, we haven't seen that one. Uh, he 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 does wear the same shirt every day, but it's not a Chipper one. It's a, it's just a sleeveless blue uh, t-shirt over his long sleeves that he always wears. Um, it, it's the same thing every day. It's it's pretty great. That's closure, though. To me, that's when you move on. When you wear your Chipper shirt every day, and then you're yeah. like, you know what? Screw that. I'm a Dodger. I'm all blue now, baby. Right. <laughs> well, the Braves one was navy blue. Right, but I'm saying like that's, that's a that's a brave shirt. Now yeah, that got was a it. Dodger shirt. I agree. I just you know he's superstitious. Yes. Now nah, he's moved on. He's got a new. Good, spot. good. Yeah, I like it. Hey, I wanted to ask you about the pitching because it sucks. I mean, you guys are playing really good ball, right? Uh, I know the Padres were talked about a ton coming in the season. You guys have had great fun games. Obviously, the rivalry is is intense, and you guys have had the better of it now for a while in the regular season. Um, but you guys lose a few pitchers in the last week, especially, you know, Arias we learned about over the weekend with the hamstring. Uh, what was it? End of last week, Dustin May. So you, you've dealt with this. You've been on the squad for a while. What do you observe about the team during a time period like this? Um, you know, we just, we, we, we got to have some guys step up and, uh, you know, I think that these next two games, we're going to have a chance for, uh, you know, two young guys that are, 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 you know, our top prospects to, uh, you know, get their feet wet and kind of show what they're made of. And, you know, they, they need to give us, 
give us some depth and just, you know, keep us in the game. I think, you know, that's the most important thing that we try to relay to them is, hey, you don't have to throw five shutout innings. You just got to keep us, you know, relatively close. Our offense has been scoring a lot of runs. You know, I know we lost three games this weekend, but our offense put up, you know, six runs a game the whole time. Um, You know, it's just one of those things where you just got to keep us within the game, give us a chance and, you know, let us do what we do. And, uh, you know, that's that's always something that we've we've had over here is we have a lot of depth and, uh, you know, now we're now our depth instead of, uh, you know, just guys that know how to do it. Our depth is our top prospects who are the future. And so, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a fun couple of days for them. It'll be a fun couple of days for us to see what they're made out of. And, um, you know, I'm excited. I, I really have no idea what to expect. Uh, uh, I do know Tuesday, I think, is when we got Bobby Miller throwing against uh, Strider. So there's going to be going to be a lot of velo in that game, uh, multiple hundred hundred mile hour pitches, I'm pretty sure. So that, that'll be a fun one to watch for people. But uh yeah, it's it's just tough. Um, you know, D-May has the elbow after having the Tommy John. Uh, that that one, the first thing that comes to your mind is you just hope he's okay. Uh, you know, obviously it hurts us, but you know his health is more important than than anything else. And so you just hope he's okay. And uh, you know, Julio, I just feel like he's been such a workhorse for us over the last couple of years. I mean, the last two years he's thrown 200 innings each year. It's just uh, uh, that's a lot of, a lot of stress on the body. So you just hope he gets a little rest right now and he's he's able to come back from it. Are you more excited to see some of these rookies pitch or are you more excited since you're on the road to see them come up to the front of the bus and get on the mic and perform? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's always a good one. Uh, um, you know, uh, Miggy Rose, our mic guy, and he does an unbelievable job with it. We've had some, uh, we've had some great times so far this year. And uh, uh, you know, that's a, we, we hope they come up and have a couple good games. That way it makes it that much easier when, uh, you know, we get to come to the front of the bus and, you know, get to get to hear about them a little bit last one from me where are we at with walk-up music right now do you, do you have a rotation going or are you just going one and done uh right now you just gotta uh you gotta find something that you think works um i got two songs going that have been been okay so far um they, they've had some homers in them could use a little more hits but uh i'm obviously not gonna complain <laughs> about the homers what, what are the songs uh, I got Think About Me by uh, Morgan Wallen and then uh, uh, Miss Jackson by Outcast. Oh, there we go. Oh. Yeah, hey, yeah I, always like, I, always like to, I always like to do at least one like old school song that I know most of the stadium knows. It's just uh, it, it, it's kind of fun, you know, especially when you get a certain part because when they shut the music off, you can always hear, you know, half the stadium still singing along. So to me, that's always a fun when you get a little old school song in there. That's smart. It is. But now with the new pitch clock and the hurry up, hurry up and get up there, you got to make sure it's quick and snappy right away. They're going to start making songs with beat drops five seconds in just for that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I've told some of my producer friends, I was like, here's the new key for baseball. I'm like, make a song that like smashes in five seconds, which a lot of artists are doing on TikTok anyway. So it's going to be a thing well, for baseball. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, thankfully our guy, DJ Severe, he's on it. Um, you know, as soon as a, uh, let's say the guy in front of you hits a pop-up as soon as they catch that ball, he's already playing your song. He's, he's on top of it. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's the best in the business and, uh, uh, that, you know, they, they make sure you get a good portion of your song that you want, even though everything is so quick now. But like, like I said, they're, they're playing that song for you as soon as they see you moving from the on deck circle. Did you say DJ severe? That's yeah. who runs your songs. Oh yeah. I yeah, can he's a legend. Kratzy. That I had no idea. I'm learning yeah. something new. DJ Severe. DJ Severe. He's he's our he's the DJ at Dodger Stadium. He's the guy that's getting everyone pumped up and playing the songs. And uh, you know, when you when you have the best sound system in baseball, you gotta have a guy that knows what he's doing up there. 
It is the best. Could not agree more. That's not even just bias. Like it's real. Best it's music. So in, damn loud. Yeah, but so, best so loud. and best best mixes, <laughs> best music, the whole thing. Dodger Stadium's got it going for years. They're number one in the power rankings. So, yeah, sometimes nice. it's a little. Sometimes it's the uh, the bass is a little too much when you're sitting on the bench in the dugout. It, it kind of hits off the uh, concrete behind you. you. You get a headache sometimes. <laughs> you're it's vibrating it. in your seat. <laughs> it's like the bass in the car when it's too loud. Oh, it's so so damn loud. You have memories of it. Oh, it's so loud. <laughs> so loud. I love it. I love it. Because they have the speakers in center field that are like the size of buses out there. Yes. Yeah, they, they got them everywhere, and they just start playing the music. And the... it's perfect in the broadcast booth; like you get the perfect blend. Oh, yeah. That's yes. true. Not in the know. dugout. Not in no. the dugout, though. No, maybe. Yeah, maybe most other spots it's too loud, but yeah. I can't imagine the center ones. fielder. The center fielder's got to wear earplugs. Yeah, they they, have they talk about it being pretty loud out there sometimes. Yeah. Hey, Max. Good catching up, dude. Good to see you back on the recovery trail, and we'll get you again soon, man. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Good talking to you. Max Muncy from the Dodgers with us. Good catch up. It had been a minute. You're like asking about the uh, the baby. It's been like a month, I'm, right? Yeah, it's been a month, right. Because the baby was born and then getting through the illness. So now he's in a Just clipping good spot. homers. He might clip a homer tonight. Isn't Morton, I think, is throwing for the – he might get he one is. of those curveballs. Morton's going to try to flip one of those curveballs, and Muncy might clip him into the chop house. Hell yeah. I would say it's probably not a probably not a curveball, but, yeah, he might clip a – clip one of those heaters he leaves over the plate mm-hmm. okay fair we'll see why not a curveball Munch, yeah you can't i was hit gonna say balls? let's see which one he hits let's see which one it is cody decker joining us right now you can follow him at decker six my friend he's got a billion jobs now too he's got the pro mic there Scotty. it is <laughs> how you doing all right I'll, I'll list like two or three and then you can tell me if i'm missing any jobs because you're all over the place right now okay so sure you can find him on sirius on bet for the cycle on on betql on Live on the Line, presented by BetMGM, our friends as well, of course. Uh, the Carton Show on FS1. Did I miss anything? Just occasionally popping into MLB Network, but honest to God, yeah, there sure, I'm go. places. I'm places. <laughs> well, welcome to this show for the first time, your debut. How's everything? And we'll do some picks in a little bit, but let's dive into some MLB topics first. I actually wanted to pull this up while we're chatting and show the AL East coupled with the AL Central standings, because mm-hmm. right now it's actually beautifully drawn up. And, and Codify Baseball does a nice job on Twitter, kind of running everyone through cool shit to find. And, and they posted this the other day. We have it updated now for Monday. Tampa Bay at the top, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you run through the entire division. You get to the bottom. Those terrible last place Toronto Blue Jays in the AL East are 25 and 22. They would be tied with the Twins in first place in the Central at the moment. So, hey, fans. You wanted more balance to your schedule, and now we're finding out how much the Central sucks. Your thoughts? In both leagues, not just the AL, the NL too. It's amazing to finally see that the competitive balance schedule is just exposing what we already knew, that the Central in both leagues aren't very good, not up to snuff, especially in the NL East and the AL East. And quite frankly, the AL West is looking pretty good, and the NL West, which we expected to take a step back, didn't, because no matter what they do, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. It's awesome. Well, what's wrong with the Padres? Because everyone came into the, you're talking about the Dodgers. What was the stat? The A's have scored more runs than the Padres have this year? What's it's happened to the Padres? They were the team that everyone's like, oh, they're, they're dethroning the Dodgers. They beat them in the playoffs. They spend $10 billion. 
As a guy that was a Padre, it just seems like no matter what the Padres do for the last 20, 25 years, they're always one bat away from being an actual contender. This is a team that's an all-star team from top to bottom. This should be a wire-to-wire best team in the National League, and they simply aren't. The Joe Musgrove injury definitely hurt to start the year. Now he's dealing with a bad foot and possibly a bad toe on the other foot. Uh, you know, Juan Soto off to a slow start. Fernando Tatis Jr. since coming back has been awesome, but now Manny Machado falling down. Dude, it's just one bad news thing after another. Now you got fans behind home plate wearing bags over their heads. This is the San Diego Padres. This is the team that took down the Dodgers last year and quite frankly should be taking down the Dodgers again this year, but they're not because the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. It's maddening. So what you're saying is the Padres just need to trade some of their guys for Otani at the All-Star break. I mean, I'd do it. Wouldn't you do it? I think anyone would do it. I think and no matter what, someone's got to get Otani at the All-Star break. We know he's not going to be an angel next year, so it just behooves the angels to move him. I just honestly think if the Padres were going to go in all in on him, Kratz, I, I mean, come on, dude. It, they they, they got to get there. They got to beat out the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to get their hands on Shohei Otani, and they have the capital to actually trade for him. It's not just that they get him at the trade deadline. Who's going to get him at the trade deadline and then sign him for the next 10 years for half a billion Dodgers? I don't think it's the San Diego Padres. Dude, there's no way the Angels trade Otani. I, I, we've talked about it. There's no way. I know everyone's like, oh, they'll trade him. They're going to be out of it. They're not. Artie Moreno will not do it because of the money that he generates every game he pitches. He does. Every game he plays on television. So this is wishful thinking. Now, if somebody comes in and says, we'll give you our whole franchise, I don't know, Oakland A's style, and be like, hey, Oakland, here's our whole franchise. You can move our team wherever we want. We just want Otani. We'll just show him taking batting practice like by himself or whatever. But there's no team that's going to give up enough without a guarantee that they can sign him long term because of the money that's going to be required. Which is why the only team that would actually be able to do it is the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have the prospects and they have the cash capital to actually sign him after the fact. That being said, like you said, Artie Moreno, he is that weird little caveat in this whole thing. You mean the guy that told he was going to sell the team that decided not to sell the team that might sell the team again but won't sell the team? Oh, he's got a new ballpark downtown but doesn't have a ballpark downtown? The Angels are a disaster. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. No team makes me want to put my head through a plate glass window more than the Anaheim Angels of Anaheim or whatever they're called this week. <laughs> what what would you do if I gave you the team? If you gave me the team, well, I gave I'm you the fighting. angels. Okay, I bought it for you because we're friends. Yes. Oh my God, you're such a good friend. Uh, let's see. <laughs> First thing I'd do is I'd go and get a shortstop. I'd do everything I can to get maybe Tim Anderson out of Chicago and put him over there in, into Anaheim. I would go and get, reinforce my bullpen a little bit and do everything I can to actually get in the playoffs in this potentially, not winnable, but a potentially gettable playoff spot because like we already saw, the AL Central is nothing to write home about. The AL East is a juggernaut and they got to deal with two, three teams right now. The Texas Rangers are still in first place. The Astros, who we know what they are, and I still think the Mariners are going to win this division. I don't think they've gotten started yet. Three years in a row, this has been a slow starting team. Made it the playoffs last year because of their second half run and almost made the playoffs a year before because of their second half run. If I'm the Angels, I'm going all in. But if I get to the trade deadline and I don't have a playoff spot, I got to move someone because the Angels are going to be atrocious for the next couple of years if they don't get something for Otani because they're not re-signing them. Wait, so I which one are you doing though? Are you trading for Tim Anderson or... Are you trading away Shohei Otani? I'm trading for Tim Anderson. 500 mark. If I'm hovering around okay. the 500 mark, I'm going for it. Then that's it. I'm trading for Tim Anderson. I'm getting every arm I can get my hands on, and I'm playing for this season. 
season and this season alone. And if it doesn't work, guess what? We're screwed for the next five years. But it doesn't matter. The Angels are screwed for the next five years anyways, unless their, unless their arms in the minor league system actually come up and perform the way they hope. Remember that draft in 2020? 20 arms they drafted that year. Hopefully some of them actually come up and make a serious dent for this team. You know your Angels, but do you know City Connect jerseys? Yes, sadly. <laughs> yeah. How do you like Baltimore's City Connect jerseys? Okay, I, I was against them at first. I like the inner lining. I, I don't mind the hats, but outside of that, they're a little. Hey, they're better than the Reds. No. no. Yeah, dude, the Reds. Oh man, that Reds hat is brutal, man. The red line across. I'm trying to figure out how that sat, that hat, that jersey even remotely connects to City, and I figured it out. I figured it out. See that red line? It's a flat line because that's what the Reds have been for like ever, just flat lining and finishing in last place <laughs> in the NL Central year after year after year, and it's going to happen again this season. Yeah, but at least the Reds has some color. It's a, it's a little badass to me, the Reds got, look at least. It's got some color. The, 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 the Orioles it just says Baltimore and white. Yeah, what do you like about what, the what Orioles? Do you like? I, I get the hat. I like the inner lining. I like that inner lining. Bears be. I, I will agree. I'll, I'll, I'll agree that it's a little lazy, and I do think some of these City Connect uniforms are getting mm, lazier by the day, and I can't seem to figure out how much of these City Connect jerseys even connect to said city. But the reason why I at least somewhat like it is that inner lining, that, that, that weird, like, uh, flag thing that they put on all their Baltimore stuff. The only thing I think would be way better, and I really think this, if you just had a full-on jersey of Omar from The Wire just imprinted on the jersey, just just dress up as Omar from The Wire, and I will I will buy five of them today. Show him the show him the helmet, in case he wasn't on earlier. Yeah, in case you didn't see this, this is what Brittany Giroli, who used to work, she wanted the flag. There's the Maryland flag yeah. on a football helmet. and We can't get a crab on there? We can't get... Something that connects <laughs> the Baltimore crab. Yeah, I mean, we can't get a crab like on the sleeve, like with the pinches yeah. up or something. Yeah, g- give me like a Jimmy Seafood logo somewhere, man. That's what I go to Baltimore for. I go there for Jimmy Seafood and to see Camden Yards. Outside of that, I don't know anything about Baltimore other than what I saw on The Wire, which is a great show. <laughs> <laughs> now, All right, one more and then we'll. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Kratty. No, no, no. All I was going to say about the City Connect was the artist. This is what the artist said. From the outside, it looks all black and white, but there's always more to our story. In art, black doesn't exist without color. You can't see what you're not looking for, was his explanation of creating the jersey. So are you more lost or less lost now? You got me, Gratz. I hate these jerseys. I hate them now. That's the worst explanation I think I've ever heard. It makes no <laughs> sense. That's just a bunch of that's just a bunch of words put together to say absolutely nothing. That's just been like, hey guys, we made a black jersey. Here's the explanation. We did it. I feel like they're trying to like outsmart us on yes. that. That sounds like a like a ninth grade book report where you're they just know that we're stupid and you're like no. And you know, and the book it's really like the book is the dude was on psychedelics and and just had a time and there's really no message in it. Yes. Speaking of the wires, are the police coming to get you, Cody? Is that did you have something He's in you the city? Shouldn't have? Yeah. In, in fair, I am down. I am literally downtown they're just i'm surrounded by cop cars going up and down eighth avenue it's just the way it goes man i kind of dig it i've gotten used to it kind of got so you know how you go nose deaf when you're around your own smell for too long it's like that but my ears (laughs) (laughs) i give you credit dude because because i haven't all right i want to ask you one more and then we'll get to some some uh picks for the day so what would you say is the biggest story in baseball this year that spans beyond the sport and I'm going to lead you in and see if I can sell you on this. I think we've been talking about the A's and the Rays for like a decade. 
with it being undecided and expansion and other cities waiting for the support to come by. And we're finally like hitting this turn here where looks like Oakland's going to end up in Vegas. We've basically been already calling them the Vegas A's. And then news over the weekend a little bit from Ken Rosenthal about Tampa Bay trying to put the pedal to the metal here and either get something done in Tampa Bay or, I mean, they didn't, they kind of denied it, but other people would look to buy the team and potentially relocate. Orlando. Or, I know mm-hmm. AJ's the biggest Orlando promoter. Hey, I'd love to see it too. I'm here now. So what, what do you think about both situations? I think the A situation is borderline atrocious because we're seeing a team that is currently rocking a payroll that's lower than it was during the Moneyball era, yet they're somehow able to relocate to a city where they're going to be able to increase their IP by over double. That is a problem for me, and it's driving me nuts. I've been saying this actually for like the last few months. I feel like the fan base in Oakland is the team that actually deserves the Oakland, that deserves the Tampa Bay Rays, and the fan base in Tampa is the one that actually deserves this Oakland A's team. Uh, it's What happens with the Rays is more of a thing of... Are they going to build the stadium in Tampa or are they going to keep them in St. Pete? Because St. Pete is a dead-end city where no one goes to and it's hard as hell to get to that stadium. You build it in Tampa Bay, right by the Lightning Stadium, dude, people will show up in droves. But if they're going to move, man, I don't know if Orlando's the move. I don't know if the move is to go back up into Canada to check out Montreal. I'm just saying. I'm just saying Montreal's a great city. No. No. They already did it. They already did tried that. They haven't tried Orlando yet. Yeah. Oh, come on, dude. Orlando is just three theme parks and nothing. Like, it's parking lots. Cody, take it easy now. It just is. Come on down to Orlando. I will show you a different Orlando. I will say, Cody, I I live here now. This is my primary residence. Underrated. Really? I will say. Yeah, come on down. Um, I, I have not been to Disney or Universal since I'm a kid, so I can't speak to that part of town, but... Um, there's a lot of action. You drive by it every day. I know, but I don't, I don't go in it. I drive around it. Oh, I don't okay. go in it. AJ's in a nice spot. I'm downtown. Anyway. Um, oh, Kratz, you got one more to finish? Cody, we got a guest on tomorrow that you, I, you, I need to find out what you want to know from Pat Murphy. Ooh. What would you tell him or a question for Pat Murphy? Who is the favorite player he ever coached? ever coached or coached against in college and professional baseball and why is it Cody Decker and why is it only Cody Decker that's where I figured you'd go yeah. thank you it's a layup I mean I mean the reason why that guy's even the big leagues is because of me that guy owes me his entire life and you can tell Pat Murphy I said that perfect <laughs> can't wait I don't know. writing it down Cody hey great catching up with you dude I'm glad to have you on man appreciate the time Gentlemen, love the work you guys are doing, and thank you guys so much for having me on, dude. Thank you, dude. Hustler, hustler. Appreciate you. Cody Decker with us. Actually, I should have said, too, Kratzy, grinder. He's, he's working five gigs right now. He's grinder. hustling, man. He's, he's a grinder. 22nd and dealing rounder. with the NYC sirens. I, I, uh, I don't envy that noise. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price, and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB. 